as Julie said a minute ago, today is actually a very emotional day. And uh, I think that's for one reason, and that's because today is Elvis Presley's birthday. Um, I think it's important for us to remember that. And um, I know all the tears are for him. Um, I'm very grateful for that. No, it's been a it's it's been a great week. I wanted to uh, just start in a slightly different place. I wanted to first of all say thank you um, for the gifts and the prayers and uh, for for what you guys have have meant to us and done for us. Being prayed over by your church is such a huge is such a huge thing. Uh, the girls are watching uh, online today. Um, kind of we're we're sort of doing this as a family. Um, it's tough. It's a hard day. But we thank you for uh, thank you for just for just that. The girls started school this week and they did well. Uh, school starts a little bit earlier up there and stuff like that. We traveled safely last week. We we got up there in three days without incident. The rain kind of followed us, and it was uh, it was good. Um, I have to make another trip today. I'm going to turn around now with you know the other vehicles and kind of make my way that way. We arrived. We closed on our house. Everything went great. But our furniture is not there. Um, it probably won't be there until as late as January 25th. Um, so we uh, be careful which moving company you choose because um, some of them will do this to you. Uh, so we are living in a house with no stuff. We're on air mattresses. It's very humbling. Um, we're so we're you know going to paint and do some stuff while we while we can. Whatever life says, you know, when 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 you get lemonade, you you make lemons or or whatever the statement is. I don't think that's it. I think it's when you get lemonade, you drink lemonade, that's it, um, so, so let's do that. I also know why you're here today, because this is my last sermon, right, and you want to see what I'm really going to say, right? Oh, what, he's got nothing to lose now, what is he going to say, you know? Is it going to be a tell-all sermon about what's really been going on? And absolutely, it's going to be that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. There's really nothing, nothing going on. You guys have been, have been awesome to us. Today is a day that, that I get to pass the mantle in, in a great way to good things and I appreciate that that video that was made uh, just that shares the journey I've noticed I've gotten a lot grayer over eight years I think that was pretty clear but but I have faith in the leadership of this church and I have faith in the staff of this church and I have faith in you and I know that somebody is going to come in here and you're going to love them in an overwhelming way and you should and they're going to lead you and they're going to pick that up and they're going to take it somewhere and it's going to be amazing and you need to look forward to that moment. You know, when, when I, it's not often that a pastor prepares to preach a final sermon. Uh, a lot of times when pastors are preaching final sermons, they don't know they're preaching their final sermon, right? But when you do know, you become a lot more reflective. I thought about the time that I've been here. I went back. It's amazing the things that you kind of look up and, and dig out, stuff that you pack away that you find again. In my time here, I've done 18 weddings and 103 funerals, okay? I've buried many of your family members, some of your spouses. That's a, there's something powerful about that. You look back and you think, wow, that's, that's a lot. That's part of the reflective mode that you find yourself in. I thought a lot about what do I want to preach in my last sermon? What do I want to say? What do I want to share with, with the church. And I thought a lot about Jesus. And I thought, well, what would Jesus do? How would, how would he handle things? If I, if I go back and read the pages of Scripture, 
What did Jesus do? Now, Jesus was about 30 years old when he started his ministry. I'm a little, little older than that. He started at 30 years old, and he decided that he was going to be a change or a, he was going to do something different that had not been done. He found himself in a world where people had been oppressed by religion, not freed by it. People had been held down and controlled. And so when he came on the scene, he calls his disciples, if you read that in the early Gospels, we've just celebrated how he was born and how he made his way into the world. But there's this beautiful story in the beginning of the Gospels that talks about the first interaction and the first sermon that Jesus preaches. The Bible sets the context for us, and it says Jesus kind of gathers his disciples, and they're all sort of walking with him, a little unsure of who he actually is right now, but they know he's somebody special. And so they rally around him, and one morning, Jesus gets up, and his disciples and him are kind of hanging out, and they start walking. And the disciples do what disciples do. They follow Jesus, and they're, they're kind of chatting, and he's, he's sort of walking down the main street of the town. And they think, well, maybe we're, we're going to the grocery store. Well, maybe we're going to the hardware store. Where, where are we going? And as, as the road twists and turns, you can see the temple sort of emerge. And they think, I guess we're going to the temple. And they follow Jesus. And as they get closer to the front doors of the temple, Jesus turns. He takes a left. And he starts walking this little country path up the side of this hill. And they walk for a little bit, and they think, where are we? Is Jesus, are we going hiking? I mean, what are we doing today? Are we doing a nature walk with Jesus? And Jesus eventually makes his way to the top of this little mountain. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, But when Jesus saw the crowds, because not only the disciples followed him, but crowds from the town started following him. It says he went up onto a mountain. The disciples, they, they sort of follow suit and they create this little, little circle around him and the crowds sort of fill in behind that. It says the disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And the first words out of the mouth of Jesus in his first ever recorded sermon is the word blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What? What does that mean, Jesus? It means people that barely have enough strength to have faith are the ones who belong to the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for what is right, for what is good, for what is real, because God is going to fill them up. Blessed are those who are merciful, who show mercy to others, because they are going to be shown mercy as well. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they're the ones that are going to see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters or children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those 
people who are insulted, who are persecuted, when people falsely say all kinds of things about you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The whole first part of the Sermon of Jesus is about blessing to people that have never heard that word. People who have gone to church their whole lives and been told, you're never going to be good enough for God, and if you could just be better, then God would love you more. And I think all of us at some point grew up maybe with a hint of that in our churches, right? We went to church. You ever go to church on some of those Sunday mornings and you're like, oh, man, I'm just a terrible person. I'm just awful. And here Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, shares the word of blessing with people, and they've never heard it. Isn't that what church is supposed to be? Not a place where we, where we air out everybody's imperfections because we all have them, but a place where we come and find God, and when we find God, we, we find blessing, and when we live with blessing, it changes the way that we live our lives. Jesus gets that. If you read all the way to the end of the Gospels, like Luke 24, right before Jesus ascends, remember in Matthew 5 is when he preaches his first sermon. It's also recorded in Luke, a version of it. At the end of the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus, after he's been raised from the dead, it says he goes up onto a mountainside. And he stands there with his disciples. Does that sound familiar? And it says, while he is blessing them, he ascends into heaven. Blessing has a lot to do with what Jesus is trying to do in his ministry. He starts with blessing. He ends with blessing. Maybe we should pay attention. Blessing is not just something that we, we're meant to receive, uh, meant to receive. It's something that we should be willing to become or be for another. You know, some of you guys wrote me some beautiful cards, and I haven't read everything in the book yet because I'm kind of, kind of saving that. And then some of you sent me the most hateful text messages. There were even two of you who sent pictures of your furniture to say, look what we're sitting on tonight. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to miss that. I am going to miss that. But those are blessing moments. And we must never lose sight of that. Remember that the, the ministry of Jesus begins and ends with blessing. And we need to embody that what we do. When you go out into the world, we've talked about this, this idea of carrying the kingdom for other people. Be a blessing where you go. Don't be a burden. Make sure to try to say the nice thing first rather than the critical thing first. Bless your home. Bless each other. You guys have been so faithful in praying for us, and yes, you know, Haley and I sort of had a big reality check this week because we have a lot of stuff and now we have no stuff. And we came to a conclusion that we said, it's just stuff. Would it be a pain to replace? Absolutely. It's just stuff. It's not us. We have been so humbled by neighbors and new friends. What do you mean? 
we will bless you. We feel overwhelmed by this. And you know what Haley's response has been this last week? She said, we need to do a better job of doing this for the next generation. I think God kind of said, hey, you put your trust in you. I'm going I'm to easily, pa- I can delay a schedule super easily. And then what are you going to do? Are you going to curse me or are you going to bless me? We have to do that. Don't miss the opportunity. The Bible is filled with ancient blessings, and um, of those 103 funerals that I've done in my time here, I always end funerals the same way. Not because today is that, please, but because blessings matter. The one blessing that I don't often read, but it's one that we need to be reminded of because it's going to be in the song that we're going to sing in a minute. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's the first part. Deuteronomy 6 and number 6 are where the blessings really are. And I wanted to write this for us today. And, and it, it starts with saying, hear, O Israel. Remember that? But hear this, Journey Church. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commandments I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road, when you lie down or when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. This is the first blessing that's given in the book of Deuteronomy. It's a powerful blessing reminding us that God is with us and that our response to him first and foremost is to give him our hearts and our souls and our mind and our strength and our entire being. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to the world, that we can teach our children what it means to have faith, that we can carry it on the road, that it's not something that we just do on Sunday mornings, but something that we carry in our lives every step of the way. We talk about them in our homes. We carry them when we go to our jobs. God blesses us not so that we can just be blessed, but that we can be a blessing to others. It has been the honor of my life to serve as your pastor. Lord 